The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, December 22nd, and that means two things. One, this is the only day of the week that there isn't any football on. And two, it's a Brady Quinn football show! Pew, 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 pew! I am so, I'm so thankful we have a week where we've got basically football every day but today. I, I wish... I don't want to get on a soapbox right now. I know it's the beginning. You got to do a bunch of reads and stuff right now. I wish we could have football in primetime spots throughout the week. Like I saw it last year. It's been a success. Let's do it. I mentioned you on HQ when I was on Tuesday. And to be perfectly frank, I'm a little confused about my days right now because there's like, it feels like a Monday because you're waiting for the seven o'clock game. Um, Dude. I emailed someone, like a business email. I'm like, hey, I hope your Monday's going great. They, at the end of their email response, they go, and by the way, today's Tuesday. I go, oh, it's been <laughs> yeah. that kind of week. Incredibly I said, unprofessional. Yeah. Somebody, I'm in this group text. It's a super long story, but this group text where like there's a bunch of DJs on there. And somebody was like, I'm live betting ECU uh, plus eight. Uh, and I was, like, I was like, this may be a new low or maybe a new high for this group, for this group thread. If you're live betting ECU basketball at noon on a Monday, they're like, uh, well, one problem, it's Tuesday. I was like, oh, my God, it is Tuesday. <laughs> so, uh, it's that time of year. It's yeah. that time of year, man. But uh, so I saw your tweets about it last on, on on Monday, on actual Monday, during the Monday. And I, I couldn't agree more. Like, we don't need – I don't need to, you know, I understand that these games on Tuesday – first of all, the games on – the games that happened last night on Tuesday – I mean, no offense to your other employer, Fox, but like, tell the NFL to t- have have a game. Put one of them on NFL Network at three o'clock yeah. or five o'clock. There's no reason why every one of these games shouldn't be in some sort of primetime showcase. And I understand that Bears Vikings sucked. That's fine. We'll be begging for Bears Vikings in March or April. Thank you, thank you. I mean, here's 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 one of the things I'd say too in the defense of the NFL, especially during a week where we've we've got all these proto uh, COVID protocols. And in the case of the Browns Raiders, for example, on Monday night, it didn't even end up allowing Baker Mayfield a case scheme to come back and play. It was still Nick Mullins. Like, they got John Johnson back. That was it. Like, the rest of the guys were still on the COVID list. It was like, well, moving it back two days, still didn't do anything. But I'll say this. The NFL sustains stars or starters being out of a game 
better than any yes. other professional sports league. If this is the NBA, and you're talking about load management, which I get it, the NBA plays more games. I, I get that. But the reality is even bad football is more entertaining than a basketball game that might be competitive that's not you know, involving stars. That's just the reality of it. It's better than every other sport. That's why it dominates. I don't know why, especially as, you know, we've reached our, our most recent uh, TV deal. And now if you're looking for any way of squeezing out more money from these networks, you'd say, look, we know the truth. And that's that live events, live sporting events are gold on TV. And especially for ratings, you can't replace that throughout the week. So why not for player safety, why not say we can eliminate four-day weeks? How do you go about doing that? Well, when you start incorporating Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and having all those days and the ability to schedule those primetime windows, all right, you could stay Friday or Saturday and then leave Saturday for after college football season ends. But when you do that, not only do you kind of create a buzz, but you allow more space between those games or when you're making players play. And then on top of that, like to me, I feel like you get smaller markets, more national attention in a primetime spot. I think you're going to get more action for gambling. I, I know casinos would probably love this because people aren't just going to say. Probably hey, love just, this? Say that again? Probably love this? They would absolutely oh. love it. I mean, the, the betting. And fantasy. Think about yeah. fantasy and how many more people get more involved if they could sit down and actually watch their players be involved as opposed to what we see on NFL Sundays with all these one o'clock and four o'clock games. The, the bears Vikings game, I guess that was the actual, okay. Raiders, I guess both of those were technically on prime time, but I'm saying like, the, my point is that if you put like bears Vikings is no one's watching that on, if it's one o'clock on right. like Fox with, you know, Kenny Albert calling it and, I mean, I mean, people, I mean, you're tracking it, but you're not, you're not, you know, Vikings fans and Bears fans are watching it, but more or less, nobody else is watching that. You put it on Monday Night Football, and yeah, again, seventeen nine. The product isn't entertaining. It, from a people, people, like, people complain on Twitter when the football isn't high well, school. Hold on. People just complain on Twitter. Correct. So there you go. You could stop right there, and then, then you could add whatever you want after that. People and, always and, complain on Twitter. And you, go ahead. And look, you if 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 the Bears and Vikings game had been. Uh, 35 to 31 people are like oh, these defenses suck like oh exactly. you know they'll find something to whine about when it comes down to it and, and look matt nagy um i mean the one in five in the red zone is just not ideal i mean that's you, you'd like to do a little no. bit better than that um how how entertained are you oh by the way uh youtube youtube.com slash yeah i did forget about my reads uh spotify you can leave a five-star rating on spotify they just added it i, I mean why wouldn't you, Brady, um, you know, build a music service and uh, 10 to 15 years into it, decide to add ratings to your, to your, right. I mean, like, you know, certainly not. It's, a, it's an epiphany that hit them a little bit late, but Hey, we're glad you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you're here. And, uh, and so they added them for podcasts. So go ahead and hit that five-star rating for us. If you don't mind. Uh, and if you're listening anywhere else, five stars, of course, on Apple podcasts are welcome as well. YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. Subscribe to the channel. Hit a like on the video if you're watching on YouTube and uh, turn on the alert so you'll know when we go live. We go live on Sunday. Well, Thursday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night. Mm. My wife is thrilled with this. Um, uh, that was the only pushback that I actually will. I want to say pushback because I, I never really read Twitter mentions or any of the crap right. on social media. But 
I did have a prominent sports writer reach out and say, what are you doing? You're going to have caused me to have a divorce. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. There are those people who, like, they have to actually, during football season, live a personal life. Like, where I'm just all about football all the time, NFL, college, what have you. I just I love watching it. I get kind of depressed in the offseason. But that really just transitions to the combine and free agency and all that stuff. So, again, like, it's not a problem for me. You know, my, my wife was born into the fact that right. I was a player when we met. So she knew kind of the schedule for football. And once I got into broadcast, she's like, oh, this really isn't any different. So she's kind of already been used to this sort of schedule. Correct. So she knows it's football all the time during football season. You would think that my wife would be aware of this by now, 10 years into you know, marriage. I would think so, yeah. But I'm not going to ever question AK, all right? <laughs> Me either. Especially when you're, when you're you know, nicknamed after a semi-automatic weapon. And granted, that's not where the nickname comes from. But when you are, I don't think you mess with that person, right? That, that actually, like, that, that, that question, she's like, she's like, my name's AK. She, people are like, you mean like the gun? It's like, yeah, like the gun. That happens exactly very like frequently. It's like, yeah, I, I've got, a, you know, yeah, my wife's nickname's Uzi. It's like, nope, nope, don't want to touch that. Yes. Right? Don't you, touch Uzi, hand grenade, right. you know. Is your wife like, yeah. named Uzi? No. no. <laughs> but, you know, they, they used to call her hunting knife back in the day, you know, and I was like, no, no, not – those aren't people you want to you want to yeah. mess with. Yeah. My wife, my wife, when you absolutely, absolutely, positively need to kill every last mf'er in the room, you yeah. call you call on my wife. The the AK. They, they called her fifty cow. I was like, oh, why is that? <laughs> oh, well, you know, she's just absolutely no, she's oh, Okay, cool. not terrifying at all. Uh, her, her name is Ann Catherine. That's why she got AK, yeah. not because of the gun. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about. I was going to ask you what you thought about the thrilling conversation about analytics online. And uh, and the and the fun debate everyone seems to be having daily about that, but I, I really don't want to talk about that. Well, can, I, can we point this out? Because the big stink about the Baltimore Ravens and John Harbaugh's decision in those moments, and the funny thing about it is, who was targeted on both those pass attempts? Uh, Mark Andrews, right? Which is interesting, right? Because he's like probably the most dependable, reliable guy, and it just hasn't worked out in either event. Now, granted. In, in Baltimore's game, you know, Tyler Huntley had Hollywood Brown the back of the end zone. He'd, he'd hit him a number of times, like, getting down to that point. So it's kind of weird that he didn't progress because that obviously is your second progression outside of running. Um, but that was, like, the odd thing to me was just how, like, it just so happened to be Mark Andrews, too, in both those situations. Um, but, again, I digress. I, I've said this forever. In regards to whether it's two-point conversions or fourth downs, you know, there's so many variables that play a part in each of those decisions where we want to lump them together like, hey, the, the Baltimore two-point conversion versus Pittsburgh, as opposed to this past week, is the same exact situation. It's like, no, it's not. Right. You know, the, the type of style of defense you're going to see is going to be different. Your matchups are going to be different. You know, how you go about trying to get the, the ball in the end zone and who's that quarterback is different, right? You had Lamar in one instance, you had Tyler Huntley in the other. So Tyler Huntley is going to feel more comfortable with that two-point play, two play as opposed to what Lamar Jackson feels comfortable with. So there's just all these different, you know, different variables that I think play a role in all of it. And so I think it's really, really hard when you're talking about analytics and really statistics to come up with a, a firm statistical value of, okay, what percentage of times do we actually convert this? Like you can look at the numbers, but all right, 4-3 defense versus 3-4 or, you know, whatever the case may be, right? Like who's on the field, who's not? The, the weather conditions, all those things, like they all play a factor. So I just think it's really, really hard to rely purely on analytics. And you kind of have to, you kind of have to rely on game flow. And in that instance, I mean, the first thing I'll just say is this. 
I think you had to go for two most recently versus Green Bay because 42 seconds is way too much time for Aaron Rodgers. And imagine yeah. 42 seconds and you kick the PAT. And, and so maybe you're thinking Green Bay plays a little bit different, but what do you think with 42 seconds? They also kind of take a lot of risks too because there's no downside. If, right? they're, if, they're, if they're trailing by one point. Well, see, that's the, that was the interesting thing is that I, somebody made the comment that going for it actually maybe incentivizes Rodgers to be more aggressive because they're losing instead of it being tied up. I, I think either way, because in one instance, as a quarterback, at least, my thought process is like, yeah, I've, I've got to take all risks and chances because otherwise we're going to lose. But you're also like in 42 seconds, you're still kind of thinking to yourself, yeah, oh, yeah, if we don't convert this, we're going to overtime anyway. So, and then you can play into the, the whole idea of 40, 42 seconds. Aaron Rodgers is trying to get a field goal up. He's 100% either way. It's, 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 it's not Rodgers is the question there. It's whether or not Mason Crosby hits the kick. Like right. that's the question in that instance, right? How, how far will, how long will the kick be? Cause he's going to get a kick. He's going to get an attempt at kicking it with Rodgers out there. A hundred percent. So yeah. like, I, I think you definitely justify going forward in that instance with a backup quarterback and, and at home where that's probably your best chance. Like, the longer that game goes on, the better chance you give the better team, which is Green Bay in that instance, yes. even on the road, the chance of winning that game. So I, I completely understand the rationale. And by the way, it's very different than looking at, you know, Lamar Jackson, who's a former league MVP, who's that quarterback going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a divisional point, like all those different variations of things that you can talk about, like, you know, on the road, like different scenario. You know, it's a different way of you're looking at it. I think you can justify both decisions. Look, it didn't work out. And we've seen things not work out for them before going for fourth downs in the playoffs. If, if they're willing to live and die by it, that's fine. And I have no problem with it. The, um, the interesting one from Monday night or Monday afternoon, I guess I, I was surprised by this when I saw that. And we, and we talked about this in the recap and I, and we, we can another AFC North team. We'll get into that in just a second, but the Cleveland Browns had a fourth and three on their own right. 30 and they punted the ball. The Raiders come down, kick a field goal, win the game, walk off field goal. The, 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 at least I saw uh, analytics was, said to go for it. Yeah. And I was, I was really surprised by that, but then I started thinking about it. I was like, actually, it's not that, you know, it's not, it's not that crazy of an idea to go for it because you end the game if you get it. And the other move is well, that but where they, where they were, they were giving them a field goal. Yes. But you had three timeouts, which means you, if you don't get it, you give them a field goal and then you probably, and then you're getting the ball back with like a minute and a half at least left. With, with a third string quarterback. With Nick that, 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 by the way, you dinked and dunked the entire game. Like that wasn't really how you, you kind of stayed it. He made a great play. Don't get me wrong. And some good throws on the stretch, but like, I don't think that's your, your winning proposition. And oh, by the I way, agree. I agree. Carr just threw an awful pick, an awful pick. And your defense was really keeping you in that game. And Miles Garrett deserves a lot of credit by the way, for the way he played through injury in that. But I, I, I don't know. I, I had no issue with that one either. I think they played it out the right way. Um, you know, give credit to Derek Carr. You know, give credit to Carlson, too, for hitting the kick twice, really, after he got iced. Um, you know, you just got to give them credit in that instance because it takes a lot to overcome throwing interception, especially as bad as that one was. I know Kurt Warner didn't, you know, he was like, oh, he, he beat the safety. So that was a good – it's like, no, it wasn't. It was a bad throw. The, the corner was still over the top. Like, he couldn't have put that ball in that much better of a spot where he's going to be able to catch it. So the reality is, is it was a terrible decision on first and 10 in that instance to take that shot, and it wasn't a great decision in retrospect, no matter how you look at it. So I just think they played their odds the best they could, given the scenario. Yeah, and, and by the way, I believe Deshaun Jackson is the deep threat, not Zay Jones. Just a thought. 
I, yeah, I'm not an NFL coach. I wouldn't want to tell them what to do, but geez, Louise. Um, okay, so the AFC North, the Browns are now six and a half to one to win the division. They would have been in first place if they had won on Monday afternoon against the Raiders. Instead, they find themselves in a very precarious position, a very uncomfortable position. And well, I don't mean me the back much. of a I don't mean the back the, of a Volkswagen, Brady. The um, Steelers are technically third right now, though, but they have worse odds. Yes, I think that's because of the Browns' schedule, maybe. The Bengals are the favorites. Well, oh, they're a probably more Pittsburgh schedule because they're at Kansas City this next week. That, 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 that is correct. It is, it is Pittsburgh yeah. schedule. You're right. Come Although on. Cleveland's at, at, at Green Bay, so it's not like that's – I mean, yeah. both those teams are probably going to lose. I don't really like either of those odds there. I, I just don't I – don't, mainly because I don't expect either of them to win the division. But, I mean – I don't know that I trust any of these teams. <laughs> like, I just I don't know that I trust any of these AFC North teams. Here's here's the better question that I think you should ask in this instance because honestly, it's so tough to, to to call right now. Like we'll know between at least Baltimore and Cincinnati, depending on who wins this week's game between those two, who's obviously probably in the driver's seat for the division, right? At least like, that's my feeling. I think it'll be much more clear a week from now. I think the better question is. If you're in the playoffs in the AFC, which one of these teams do you least want to play? It's mm. a that's a very good question. I would say, I mean, obviously, it, a lot depends on health, but I think right now the team I would least want to play, like in this exact moment, is probably the Bengals. We're, but, we're saying though, everyone's healthy, everyone's uh, back. They're, they're I don't want to play the Browns. Wow. Okay. Uh, because I think, I mean, Baltimore is obviously terrifying with Lamar Jackson, but their defense is just that you can throw on them all day. A fully healthy Browns defense is, is really good. Really and good. if they have the, all their offensive linemen Chubb and, you know, a, a, a reasonable um, option at quarterback, they are a very, I think they're just a very difficult team to play against. I, I feel like Cincinnati's the team I'd pick right now. Oh, that's who I said, but then. Well, no, but I'm saying fully healthy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, even if Lamar's back, all teams healthy, Browns as well, I'd still pick Cincinnati. Okay. How come? Um, I, I think their combination of what they can do throwing the football, the rushing attack. I think their defense, the way they play. What, Trey, Hendrickson, Trey Hendrickson's gone, what, 10 games straight or something with a sack? I mean, He's been awesome. They, they've really come along on both sides of the ball all the way around. I just think they're one of those teams that, like, I'm not saying could catch fire, but could kind of surprise you. And end up being like similar to the Tennessee Titans and going like a little bit of a run. I, I don't know that even with seeing the Browns win a game last year in the playoffs, get to the next round, the divisional round. I don't know that I foresee that from them, at least offensively, the way they've looked this year. We're not even giving the Steelers a chance at this point. And it's kind of crazy considering like the year TJ Watts putting together as maybe defensive MVP. Um, and then you look at, you know, the Baltimore Ravens and as much respect as you have for what Lamar and what he's done. They just have never improved throwing the football. It just yeah. – it seems like for whatever reason, they're just off, and it, and it really just is what it is. The thing about the Bengals, too, that I don't think is getting enough attention is we have – I mean, obviously, we've never seen Joe Burrow in the playoffs. Right. Joe Burrow show, showed us and in college in the playoffs that he is more than – and in the regular season, that he is more than capable – of elevating his play on a big stage. And, you know, as much as, you know, when the Bengals had Andy Dalton, you felt like they just weren't going to get a great game for their quarterback in the playoffs. And these one game, you know, 
show, you know, showdown, uh, you know, big stage situations with Joe Burrow, I feel pretty confident that he's going to come in there and and deal because that's I mean, just who he is. Sure. I mean, we saw it one year, right? I mean, Jamar Chase was a part of that. You know, Dalton finished off his college career well with a big Rose Bowl win going undefeated that year. Um, yeah, I, never, I, I know it never. Dalton. I'm just saying he never won a playoff. No, no, no. Games. I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, if we're going back to college, it's like, well, like Dalton kind of proved it too, okay. at least for TCU standards and all that, from what they had played in. It wasn't on like a college football playoff standard, but it wasn't like he shot. And then JJ Watt said, and I took that personally and picked him off to the house in the playoffs in the NFL playoffs. <laughs> And the rest is history. Yeah. Um, yada, yada, yada. And obviously, like, like Ben has been there before. Lamar has been there before. So, like, typically in that case, you'd think that you'd rely on the guys who have been there and are more confident and understand what to expect out of it, how different that speed is from even just the regular season speed. But just something tells me, like, they would be able to kind of play dangerously. You know, like, he just – he's kind of got that knack about him. And so I don't worry so much about him and how he'll perform. I worry about the offensive line, then I worry about the defense. Like, I just – I worry how they perform or will perform versus some of the best teams in the AFC. But I don't have any reservations about him. But I just think the way that team's playing right now, um, and even, you know, the, how they're playing right now with the healthy team versus the rest of them, that would probably be my pick right now. But, again, we get to see these teams all play each other, so we'll kind of figure it out at the end of the season. Yes, we will. So, if you were betting on – so, Cincinnati has the – Cincinnati and Baltimore play this week in Cincinnati. The Bengals still have to play the Chiefs and then at the Browns. Excuse me. The uh, Ravens are at the Bengals, of course. Home against the Rams and home against the Steelers. I mean, all three of these teams, Chiefs, Rams, Packers, Chiefs. It, I think it might come down. I mean, do we think any of those teams upset one of those high-caliber squads? I mean, I, it's hard to think that Pittsburgh or Cleveland will beat um, Kansas City or Green Bay respectively. It, yeah. And then this week, I mean, is Lamar back? Is he not? I mean, yeah. as good as Tyler Huntley was, it's just, it's not quite the same element running the football. Although I will say this, I mean, he coming out of college was a more accurate passer at Utah. He was one of the better deep ball throwers as far as accuracy, but what you didn't see was the athleticism that we saw uh, really versus Green Bay versus Cleveland before that, because they just didn't run the quarterback like that. It was like just handing off to Zach Moss in a gap blocking scheme or man blocking scheme. And then some RPO or take shots or screens. Like, that was it. And now you're watching him going, oh, like, he fits well within the system, too, when you let him run around a little bit as well. But it's not quite to the magnitude of what Lamar Jackson is. No. So, I mean, look, I think this game this week, Baltimore, Cincinnati, and then Cincinnati, Cleveland to finish in week, in 18, week 18. Those are the two games. Because I, I think it's going to be – I mean, I think the Steelers are out. I've said this kind of for a while now. I just don't have much faith in them and being able to win it uh, and watch they kind of prove me wrong and, and win out the rest of the way. But um, <laughs> right. I just I, – I think that's where it's won and lost. The winner between Cincinnati and Baltimore ends up being that elimination for the other. And then you see, again, Cincinnati versus Cleveland will end up either playing spoiler for Cleveland or Cincinnati then catapults itself to win the division. I mean, the, the Steelers are 7-6-1. and one. That game against Tennessee, the turnovers they got – to get back into like to get back into that game and then to take the lead were some of the flukiest turnovers you'll ever see. It's just like right. like ball pops up in the air, like hits off a helmet, lands in a Steelers player's hands. You know, they they end up kicking a bunch of field goals. I, I agree with you. I don't think they have the juice to to this, rip off. And I think you need 10 wins. To, you probably need 10 wins. 
or or you're nine, what seven and one, like Pittsburgh is. I don't know. I mean, that's how the tie comes into play, right? Yeah. Let me ask you this though: Is Baltimore the easiest path? Like, granted, they play on the road versus Cincinnati, but then you're home for your last two versus the Rams and Steelers. Baltimore and could I definitely kinda, beat the Rams at home, for sure. And I, I obviously they could beat the Steelers at home. So yeah, like I, I look at them and go like really this week. Like I think they have the easiest path if you're just looking at their schedule. But something about like. I mean, Cleveland's got to go back-to-back weeks on the road. But think about the matchup of Cleveland and their rushing attack and that defense, especially without Bakhtiari still. And who knows how healthy Miles Garrett's going to be and obviously Tack McKinley's out for the year. But, I mean, that, that kind of matchup maybe works. Like, where if you could sneak a win versus Green Bay, you go to Pittsburgh, you beat them there before, you did it last year in the playoffs, and then Cincinnati at the end, like, maybe it sets up well for Cleveland. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just a fan of me, you know, former player, hoping that it works out well for them. By the way, I, it was, I was just noticing, because you have behind you, people can see it on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. Uh, subscribe. The, uh, you, you, you know, played Notre Dame and then Cleveland. Very, uh, like, 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 the solid colors. Like, there's no, you know, you don't have, like, tiger stripes on any of your helmets. That's kind of kind of cool, you know, that you're, you know, very traditional Midwestern, Block color. Our our um our high school helmets too were like just they were like a block black color. Hmm. Um, we didn't have any stripes or anything like that too, but we did have all these little. Uh, we like, like, like you don't even have like a like a like a an N on it or a C on it or you know there's no they're no, just they're just straight up. Now what we did in high school, but the difference was you'd get these little shamrock stickers that you end up like it was kind of like Ohio State how they used to have yeah, these, yeah, the Buckeye yeah. stickers. You get every, so for like every touchdown games, you throw, you get a little shamrock. Something like that. And so, like, it would be just be decorated by the end of it, which, like, that I still think to the day, this day, that's one of the coolest, like, swag, like, low-key things ever. When you have a, a, a plain helmet and it's decorated with, and like, all these. And you're just coated. Yeah, it's like, I am real good. Like, people, you just come out and people are like, that dude just looks different. And you can tell, like, he's got, like, the war emblem. Like, everything's on there. Yeah. And then some of them would always be, like, scuffed up just from – whatever hit whatever else happened um, because that's the only thing is you can never clean the helmet because you had all the stickers on so yeah, just, yeah, yeah you wore the war paint the rest of the season yeah i loved it um all right let's take a uh, so so to the point on it feels like maybe baltimore and cincinnati is i know it's not an elimination game but if cincinnati wins the game loses to the chiefs and beats the browns baltimore cannot jump them because Correct. they would have the tiebreaker head-to-head over Baltimore. So it, it does feel a little like it's a big one for Baltimore. It's huge. Big, it's, a, it's a huge game for Baltimore to win that. And if they win that, they would then theoretically be in the driver's seat. But Cincinnati could obviously upset. There's a lot, to, uh, there's a, a lot and, of different ways this can go. And the crazy thing for Cleveland and Pittsburgh is like they could end up being that team that plays spoiler in Green Bay and Kansas City's bid to have the number one overall seed like on each side to get that by like this, this, the NFL did a tremendous job in scheduling, but the way it finishes, I mean, look at the NFC East, for example, I know we're not talking about that, but like both, I think Washington and Philly have four straight NFC East games to finish the season. Like yeah. Dallas is in the clear lead, but technically like, I, I can't remember if it's Philly or Washington. One of the two is not out of it. Like, Correct. They, like they literally can still, you know, get back in this thing. So the, NFC, let me look it up. I mean, who cares what we're supposed to talk about on this podcast? We can do whatever we want. Um, nobody, nobody, yeah, Washington is 40 to 1 to win the division. Uh, Philly, I guess Philly is eliminated from winning the division. 
That's weird that they don't have any odds. You may have to edit this out, though, because they do play tonight. Oh, that's true. You know what? Let's not talk about the NFC. (coughs) Don't worry about editing it out. We record this on Tuesdays for people that don't know. Uh, We're traveling into the future for the Brady Quinn football show. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will will discuss. We'll we'll clean up some, some news items. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, so when we were last talked, Urban Meyer had not been fired, right? Um, no, I believe he had been by then. Had he? Was he, what, he was fired at, on a, let's see. Well, I do remember seeing a meme going around from Friday that said you got fired on your day off, which Tuesday tends to be the off day, but I could be wrong. Uh, he got fired on December 16th. So a week ago would have been the, yeah, he had not been fired when we were, when we were, when we were, po- when we were podcasting last. Yeah. He was just about to get fired. Okay. It was like under fire and people were expecting the, the kicker thing had just come out. Um, it, it, now at the risk of getting more tweets, uh, uh, do you want to, <laughs> did you get a lot of tweets about that? A lot, a lot of pushback from our, our Twitter folks. Yeah. The people were tweeting me about that, that show that, um, well, and of course the timing again, you know, anyway, whatever. So, what well, are we the th- reality is is what, what here's what's come out since it's now come out that he got fired with cause right yeah which is what i told you in the first place but the problem is is it can't be josh lambo's situation regardless of what you want to read into that which i mean there's this happened before a preseason game there's no way he legitimately kicked the player like that like i just i, I can't believe that actually took it's hard to work. believe it it's, really is. It really is. But he, he, you know, he kicked him, and then the guy, said, the guy said, don't kick me. And he said, I'll kick you whenever I want, MFR. I'm the head ball coach. Yeah, it's not, well, again, the whole thing. I mean, one, the way a kicker would talk back to a coach. I've never heard a kicker talk like that before to anyone. Let alone let's, a coach. Not, let's not, let's not, let's not, he's, he's fired. So we don't right. need to relitigate. I, I'm just, well, but, but the reality is, it, with Coswell, that can't be one of the things. Because they already knew about it. Exactly. They, you, can't, you can't let a guy can't work. Fire some, like, no different than the Ohio incident. They kept him employed after that. They spoke publicly about Correct. it. So you can't fire someone for cause for things that you then still remain and kept them employed for. Correct. So the interesting thing is going to be what eventually comes out or doesn't come out. And if Shad Khan then has to basically settle and, and pay off, you know, a coach and most likely his entire staff. And I mean – the reality is what you're seeing now is they need to just clean house the entire place. Yes. Considering like if I'm an owner, I'm looking at it. I'm saying to myself, I probably need to remove myself from the selection process 
given how many head coaches and the lack of success we've had since I've overtaken as owner. That's the first thing I'd want to look at and do. And then the next thing is, is why would you want to keep assistant coach on your staff that were leaking stuff out to the media? I mean, that's the reality of it, whether it's yep. the, someone in the front office or on the coaching staff, why would you want to keep them? Like what loyalty do they then have the organization to make sure you fix things in house or keep them in house? So that would be the first thing I'd want to do moving forward. Um, and then again, like I said, take my hands off the entire thing. But yeah, I, I don't change the way in anything that I said. Like, and by the way, and I said this generally talking with you, we never seem to give college coaches like a chance to turn things think, around. I don't think that that's incorrect. I mean, the Urban Urban did not get fired because the Jaguars were bad. Well, like, is Sean McVay going to turn around the Jacksonville Jaguars in thirteen games? No. I mean, like, no one's going to. It's a bad organization. Yeah. So, so here, I, I think what, to your point, here's what I, here's what I would do is I would. I would seek out a vice pe- vice president of football operations type of person. Like, oh, I like know- Tom Coughlin, because that, that, that kind of worked. Well, no, so. Tom, Coughlin's a, Tom Coughlin didn't need to be a GM or a VP. Tom Coughlin needed to be a coach. Tom Coughlin's style. But, but, the rea- but, but let me just speak to that for a second. The reality is you brought back a guy who had success in Jacksonville, and – like the people who are there didn't. Were, 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 first off, different ownership group, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Wayne Weaver. First, Wayne Weaver was in charge when. Yeah, yeah for the yeah. first time, he was there the second time. And what happened? Like they weren't able to kind of build out around to create that culture, and so then you bring someone else in who you're like, no, I'm a fan of their success. I'm trying to bring him to change our culture. You gave him 13 games. Yeah. I, like I just, I, here's here's what you have to understand, and this is the hardest thing for people who don't understand like everything that goes on inside a locker room and a team and all of that, it is going to, it's going to be awful and tough and really difficult. And it's going to stink to have to change the culture of an organization. that has been this bad for such a long period of time. And it's going to be uncomfortable. Like people aren't going to like how that change feels. And so it doesn't matter who comes in next. It's going to take a while. It usually does. It kind of always does. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And that's the reality of where they're going is, Whoever they, whoever they bring in next, they got to give them time. Like there, there's going to have to be time to, to let that change happen and create that change to help Trevor Lawrence, some of the other young pieces on this roster. Yeah, I guess, I guess, and I don't disagree at all. I, my point was that I, I would want to bring in, I would want to, I would tear everything out, like gut the entire thing. And I don't know, you know like administrative people or anything like that. I don't want to like, you know, cancel like secretary's jobs or anything like that, but I'm talking about from the football perspective, you need bring and just, and do what is considered a normal hire. You go and get the, whoever's you, you, you pick what you're find out what you want your organization, how you want the structure to be, right? Do you want a VP of football ops and then a GM reporting to him and then a coach reporting to him, build out your structure and then go find the best person to, to be at the top of that and then allow them Get your hands off it, like you say, if you're Shad Khan. Bring that person in and allow them to hire the coach and the GM and to work or you know to build around the quarterback and 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 be patient and give it, you know, give it three years. And I understand well, that they spent spend some free agent money. Yeah. I, I mean they tried that though, you know. Yeah, in the past, but not now. Like now you've got the quarterback, right? Like this is like all on the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow. Like now you've got the guy. Go spend around him. Yeah. I mean. The reality is, you know, when you look at the wide receiver position, 
LaVisca Chenault's good. They've got some pieces there, but like there's really no one with speed that can separate. It makes it difficult then to get rid of the football, to design things. That, I mean, we can go on and on and on, but, yeah. but the truth is it's going to take time. It's, it's going it's to be a long, tough, difficult process. And I don't care who you bring in next. It's going to be ugly sometimes. Yeah. But uh, again, with, with what went on there, it's just cleaning house is the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the whole thing for me is that with under the cons, under Shad Khan, you know, they had um, like they one had eight, outlier year. Exactly. One outlier year, but they, they, they had, so, you know, you bring in, um, let's see, you, you brought in Gus, you've had these one GM who keeps, you get giving them chances to swap out the, the coach. And then you bring in, um, you know, you bring in Tom Coughlin and then Doug Marone slides up from OL coach. It's like very, just the whole, this whole run has been very just incestuous almost where, and, and, and they clash with each other. You need to build out, find a group, find your group, your leadership group, and let them go together and, and work together. I think the interesting thing, too, about how this whole thing ended and how it all came out, and I don't hear people talk about in the media about this, and I kind of wonder why, is how things end in San Francisco with Trent Baalke. <laughs> this is awesome. I mean, I'm just saying, like, from running Harbaugh out. Yep. Bringing in Chip Kelly. Tom Sewell as the head coach. Oh, my God. And then right. having one year with Chip Kelly that – I mean, obviously, there are a lot of other things going on with the Colin Kaepernick protests and everything else, but it's like he was the common denominator. Yes. And then you keep him on for this this year, and then look what happens. Like, I just – I don't know why. Like, no one in the media points that kind of stuff out. And it's because, again, like, I hate to upset everyone, but a lot of people at the NFL level, they have relationships with people who are in the front office to get scoops, get all those digs, and they don't want to burn those bridges. Like, I get that. It's one of the reasons why I've continually said I think people in the NFL media – hate to have college coaches come up because they don't get those scoops anymore. It's someone else who gets them. That's just the, re- it's a people person business. That's the reality, whether you want to face that truth or not. No, it is no doubt about it. Um, all right. We got to go as always uh, a good chat. I'm sure. Maybe we'll be done with urban for now. And uh, see. we'll probably have more stuff coming out. We'll, see. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk next week. Hopefully next week there will be, I mean, hopefully there will be no Tuesday night football. Although, I, I disagree. I hope there's two. Oh, well, I, I hope that there's not because that means games had to be moved. But I agree with you. Like I like the idea. Of, okay, I right, love moving. Tuesday night football. Right, Wednesday night football. TNF. Baby. Give me all the nights football. TNF. Give it to me. All right, Brady. Always a pleasure, buddy. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.